Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, but today we're talking about psychedelic therapy, tripping into healing. You know, the psychedelic experience, from what I've heard, because I've never done it, but it feels as though a a moment-to-moment updating of your ego has suddenly disappeared. And that is how people have reported it, that your ego is now gone and your filter of the world is taken away. And now you're able to perceive life without the human lens. You're able to see life through the soul rather than the human brain, which is a very interesting experience because the human brain is our filter. And so the soul is connected. We're all connected via our souls. But that connection doesn't really truly get felt until we have disassociated from our humanness, which is our ego. So the perception of our familiar self vanishes away during these kind of experiences. And this kind of uh, thing is called ego death or ego disillusion, which is once again what we call our human character, our human identity. That goes away and the distortion of our experience of ourself is central to the psychedelic experience. So people describe ego dissolution as a diminished sense of self and an increase in the feeling of being one with the universe, an experience felt as enriching, which is once again, the soul is actually being tapped into rather than the need to identify with the life as a human being. My, you know, a lot of people describe losing their sense of being grounded in the present, feeling disoriented as though everything was unfamiliar. It's a sense of discovery. It's a sense of a, a lost sense of self. And this aspect of the psychedelic experience can increase feelings of anxiety and fear, but it also can increase and exacerbate those feelings to the point where you actually resonate with peace. And so many people that experience a psychedelic experience from a therapeutic perspective often report that they have increased their emotional apathy, their emotional empathy, their ability to respond to others, other people's mental state, the other the ability to identify with other people in their life, in their problems, to make deeper and lasting friendships, to connect in ways that they've never connected before, heighten their ability to connect even sexually, and also the ability to see into life from a wiser perspective rather than a a human life perspective. It allows us to kind of see down the road. And this is what people have reported in the psychedelic experience. And also sociability is on the increase in the statistics of people that go through psychedelic therapy. It's all—it's like they've taken off a mask that they wear around other people, and that wall that separates them from others falls back. And because our ego separates us from other people, the dissolution of that causes us to feel much more closer to other people, whether we know them well or not, because our boundaries are now taken down. And that's why these kind of psychedelic experiences in a controlled therapeutic environment that is safe, not with some predatorial therapist, which often they're are some people that are like that. So you have to be very careful in this field because a lot of people are losing their licenses trying to conduct psychedelic therapy, sometimes in an illegal way, but also in a, a unethical way where they take advantage of a vulnerable client. So you have to be really careful how we go about these experiences. And we'll talk about places where you can go, where this can be a fairly safe experience, where you can have the freedom to explore what's inside your brain. 
But, uh, you know, as we understand, some psychedelics enhance your visual imagery, the mixing of audio, your visual sensory experiences. All that depends on what your genetics are and what your your sensory perceptions are the most uh, uh, talented and the most experiential for you. Some people it's smell, some people it's vision, some people it's auditory. Some people it's all of it, especially if you're ADHD because they're little hunters. They tend to have this, uh, uh, their, their sensory perceptions tend to be five times greater than the average human being. And some people watch, uh, you know, colors uh, rise up or hear colors or experience things in a completely different way. And so when you talk to people that have gone through psychedelic experiences, some experience what's called disappointment because it's not quite what they thought it would be. But the fact is that people that are control freaks, the people that are ego driven, the people that are needing to control everything that they cannot control. And, you know, i.e. what that would mean is they're likely have psychotic features in their life because they're control perfectionistic people. Those people are not good candidates for a psychedelic experience because they're going to want to control it too. And the psychedelic doesn't allow you to control it. It has to allow you to be free to be a good experience. So those control freaks tend to be very pragmatic and very measured about how they go about doing this. Therefore, their results are very measured. Psychedelics have another feature. They have few negative cognitive effects. So that there's intellectual or memory impairment is very minimal. They don't cause a stupor or a narcos or narcosis like alcohol and heroin. And they do not produce excessive stimulation like that experience with cocaine and methamphetamines. So what gives most psychedelics, including the, the classics like LSD, uh, uh, psychocybin, DMT, uh, mescaline, there, there are many, many, many powerful attributes that is common that they act on the serotonin neurons and the receptors in the body and in the brain. Those are our antidepressants. And although there, they, there are only a few hundred thousand serotonin neurons in the human brain, they influence the function virtually of every brain region because those are the vehicles that this that ride the superhighways to our prefrontal cortex, which is what makes us human, our intellect, our wisdom. So new sensory information taken in by our brain and allowed in by our brain without the filter of our brain allows us to function in a much more ethereal, much more in-touch way with life itself. And that's why the psychedelic experience is becoming such a huge phenomenon. Not that it wasn't around before. It's always been around. Believe me, it's been around for, since the inclusion of mankind, when we were sampling uh, 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 little bits of weeds and little bits of berries and all kinds of stuff when we were living out in the woods, you know, but but uh, what we have to understand is that not all psychedelics produce the same experience because not all psychedelics act on serotonin receptors. So the psychedelic experience depends on which neurotransmitter receptors are targeted. So that would depend on the substance that you're going to use for a psychedelic experience. For example, extracts of the mushroom uh, Amania uh, muscaria alter the function of the uh, neurons. And so that is involved in processing neurological activity in the area of the neocortex devoted to your vision. So if you're going to take shrooms, which is what I'm talking about, you're going to probably have a very visual experience in your hallucination, in your psychedelic experience. Users of a shroom report that normal objects appear bigger or smaller than they really are. And an, an effect called uh, 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 micropesia, which I've got this written down in front of me. These are not common words that I use, but respectively, uh, that incorporates the effects of the shroom into like Alice in Wonderland. If you ever read or witnessed Alice in Wonderland in a movie, 
or a TV show, you would understand that that is actually a psychedelic experience. And although they've been demonized in the United States since the 70s because we had a bunch of hippies taking those during the 60s and all our laws changed, and then came the sexual revolution, then came divorce, then came all love child and all that crap that has happened. It, there's good things and there's bad things that happened uh, from the 60s. But unfortunately, the sec 70s was trying to rein it all back in. And so LSD and psychocybin and DMT, uh, mescaline, all of that has become a negative connotation that people have not even begun to think has got a good thing to do with the human race. However, therapeutically, there is enormous amounts of studying, including John Hopkins, that has actually stated that these types of therapy can actually even increase the capacity of what therapy offers people from a cognitive basis. So there's a number of uh, plants that have a significant cultural role since ancient times, uh, like religious ceremonies to facilitate communication with the gods was often used as a psychedelic experience. Typically strict cultural rituals developed around the psychedelic experience. For example, only persons of high religious rank could consume mescaline and extract it from the peyote plant. So that's like pot. Okay, and guess what happens when you do those edibles? Half the people end up in the hospital because they overdose. But, you know, uh, uh, you know, th there's all kinds of crazy experiences that these people have that ex actually expands their knowledge. There's also research into natural psychedelics, which uh, uh, actually there's also synthetic variants of these natural psychedelics that have accelerated over the last two decades. Uh, uh, commonly, you know, social connectedness enabled by decreased sense of self and disassociating or attention from personal concerns is what people want. They want that escape. That's like why pain medication is so popular. That's why alcoholism has always been around because people need, have the desire to escape their problems. Now, if you want to put that into a therapeutic environment, now something constructive might be able to happen from a psychedelic experience if it is safe, if it is guided, and if it is conscientious about what it's trying to accomplish. You know, uh, uh, psilocybin uh, uh, had a profound effect on the brainwave oscillations. And, and by the way, uh, uh, cyclobin has been an enormous a uh, uh, tool used in the psychedelic community of therapists that try to use this to help people. And what they use are called micro doses. So they're not going to inundate your body with a ton of this kind of stuff. It is micro doses that are used to just ignite the experience. Also, uh, the, the anterior uh, cingulate uh, becomes less influential over the brain regions, which is your ego including uh, the amygdala, which is your emotional intelligence. In addition, neurological activity in the anterior uh, cingulate be it becomes more excitable and chaotic. And so that is kind of like a dream state, but even better. Um, and, and so what happens in a dream state like that, when they're on a, a, a uh, psychedelic, what takes place is the brain enhances a dream experience to where it becomes more and more and more and more real. And when things become more and more and more real, they have a lasting effect on our psyche. And that is the goal of a psychedelic experience, that there is a lasting, profound effect on the brain that allows to leave traces of wisdom and knowledge that we may not have gained having the filter of our ego. You know, psychedelics also uh, transiently return parts of the brain to malleable plastic state. So uh, uh, neuroplasticity is typically greatest early in life during your childhood and your adolescence. So older people love taking the psychedelic experience because it helps their brain do what they did when they were at a younger age and had much more imagination, much more facilitation of going into fantasy. There was a much more of an escape available to people in their younger years. And so psychedelics 
basically allows us to open windows that haven't been opened in a long, long time. And so once again, I have been researching this for quite a few weeks. And what I'm really trying to come down to is just come down from an objective perspective that this experience may have something to offer us therapeutically. There is a huge, gigantic, growing community of people that are using psychedelics to break the blood-brain barrier and actually get to parts of their brain that are not being used or being used very minimally and enhance those experiences and build those muscles because your brain is a muscle and create circulation where parts of the brain have become very, very dormant. Uh, Psilobin and LSD and DMT all increase functional connectivity within uh, 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 the group of interacting brain regions most active when the mind is inter uh, internally focused. So DMN has a host of regulatory functions in the brain. That's the default mode network in your brain, and it's responsible for ma maintaining our sense of self, our ego, our place in the world, our balance in life. So ego dissolving breaks that barrier and it cracks the brain in open into a way that it is thinking in ways that it hasn't done in a long time. And by doing that, it is creating and training a brand new muscle in the brain that may actually help the brain over, overcome depression and anxiety, living in fear, living in expectations that are unreasonable. It allows the brain to become much more wise. And this is what people are searching for in a psychedelic experience. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk more about the clinical traits of this kind of therapy. How safe is it? And what are the treatments? So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Dr. Connie Mariano is a groundbreaker. She was the White House physician to three presidents, toured the world on Air Force One, and has had countless amazing experiences. The one thing that life didn't prepare her for was becoming a widow. After losing her beloved husband, John, in a tragic accident, Dr. Connie joined the one million women who are widowed in the United States each year. While her journey as a widow has been one of intense grief and sorrow, it has also been one of extraordinary growth and rebirth. Now, Dr. Connie is sharing what she's learned, joined by her knowledgeable guests to help anyone struggling with this deeply personal and often lonely journey of their own. Tune into The Widow's Walk, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about the psychedelic therapy, which is, uh, uh, I call it tripping to healing. <laughs> so, you know, looking at psychotherapy, it is marching, the, the psychedelic psychotherapy assisted psychotherapy is marching towards approval in the U.S. Drug, Food and Drug Administration for treatment of PTSD. And that's in 2024, where that is likely going to be approved by the Food and Drug Administration as a legal 
form of treatment for PTSD. Depression, anxiety, substance abuse won't be far behind. It, you know, uh, uh, although not a classic psychedelic, uh, and it's called MDMA, which alters perception and influences the release of serotonin and other neurotransmitters, uh, also oxy, uh, oxytin, oxyxin, sorry, it's the gentlest of all psychedelics. That is the beginning of the introduction of psycho, uh, psychedelic therapy uh, taking place in this world. I imagine that once that is released, there is, and, and it becomes legal and the process of psychedelic therapy becomes more and more accepted in this world, it is probably going to be the trajectory that most people are going to want to head because who does not want to be more in touch with their soul? Who does not want to be more connected in life? Who does not want to push their capacity of their brain farther than what we can as human beings? Who wants to be more in touch with their spiritual life? These are things that psychedelics offer the opportunity to do. But if you abuse those opportunities, you're going to find yourself gravely disappointed in psychedelic therapy. You want to combine the agents with really good psychotherapy. That means you have to have a decent therapist guiding the process. And that means you probably want to get reviews from other people to find out what kind of therapist they are. Because if they're a drug dealer and a therapist, that's probably not a good idea. You know, they have a different agenda in mind than you, for you to take a trip. They have a new customer in mind. You know, drugs that induce psychedelic experience uh, uh, share a molecular mechanism of action. They activate a, uh, a receptor in our neurons. And uh, that is serotonin receptor. And that is the vehicle that delivers antidepressants into our brain. That is what breaks the blood-brain barrier. And it gets through into the brain into ways that no other therapy can get to. So there are many psychedelics out there. Uh, uh, psilocybin is, is a, a magic mushroom. Ketamine. MDMA is ecstasy. LSD is acid. Uh, there's also cannabis, which is marijuana. Each of those substances may offer unique healing benefits and affect your mood and your perception of life, your surroundings in different ways. But there's also some similarities between them. Psychedelics can serve as a catalyst for ongoing shifts in thinking to a new, more open, more curious, and creative way of thinking. Oh, I never thought of life that way. I never thought of the problem that way. I never looked at my partner that way. I never looked at my children that way. It wouldn't wouldn't it be nice to get outside of how your ego has to define your life? You know, uh, shifts can occur that allow people to think about past traumatic events and put them in a new, uh, more controlled understanding. By understanding you're going to view that event through a window, you're not going to actually experience it anymore. Wouldn't that be a nice thing to actually view the traumatic experience and actually get a deeper understanding of it so that it no longer has all of the traumatic elements that our ego has laid onto it? Because our ego plays a huge role in how we perceive PTSD, because it is our perception of the truth, our way of defining a traumatic event, and people love trauma. They love to make things dramatic, and so our brain will make us into a victim in two seconds flat, if not one uh, millisecond, you know, and, and so we tend to love to define ourselves through PTSD. There's, it also has affected people's treatment of suicidal thinking because once they go beyond our human experiences, they start to understand the ramifications and the potentials of what they could miss out on in this life because their brain is starting to see other alternatives than suicide. They also redefines how oftentimes how people think of death. You know, there's uh, the dosage amount is the huge uh, ingredient of how effective psychedelic therapy can be. 
Now, it is very subjective if you're asking a therapist to do that with you. However, if you're doing that from a laboratory perspective or a medical doctor perspective, you might have a little bit better measurement of what you're taking. Also, uh, the amount of preparation and experience you have needs to be guided. It can't be you just drive up to the door, go take a shroom, and go lay out in a cottage for five hours and figure out what the world's all about. It's not like that. It's 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 got to be a more guided experience. You know, it's also the setting you're in. Is it a safe setting? Is it a comfortable setting? If it is a setting filled with distractions and smells and all kinds of weird things, that's going to captivate your experience. So you want to be in a setting that is neutral. You also, the people you're with, if you have a negative or distrusting experience with the people you're with, there is a good, or you're going into it with all kinds of preconceived notions about what those people are going to be about. They're just a bunch of drug dealers, a bunch of weirdos, a bunch of people I can't trust. If you're going to go into it with all that paranoia and all that preparation like that, you're probably not going to have a good experience because you're going to be too busy being paranoid in the time that you're affected by the psychedelic. So the idea is you have to prepare your mind to actually not be controlled. You have to prepare your mind to actually be in the hands of someone you can fairly well trust and who is legally obligated to be ethical with you. So the goal of your first psychedelic experience should be to stay safe and learn how to experience psychedelics rather than have some profound aha moment in your life. It is getting used to it and understanding it that is more important in the first experience. You know, you're going to experience a lot of factors like time and space distortion, increased blood pressure, increased heart rate. So yes, if you're on medications for that stuff, you're not a good candidate for psychedelic therapy. Also, changes in your body temperature, dilated pupils, you know, seeing sounds, hearing colors, jaw tension, teeth grinding can also be an experience because you're going to be outside of the box of what your ego will allow you to tolerate. Pain perception may change. Hallucinations may happen. You know, it changes your brain hormones, like increased serotonin and dopamine, which is what we all crave if we're wanting an antidepressant. Uh, euphoria can be experiences that commonly are had. So these experiences can be unfamiliar and can be very scary at first. But it's important to remember that they're normal and they pass with time. You know, the the understanding that uh, the, the, the application of psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy for clinical use has created a real dilemma and sparked a debate amongst mental health professionals because it's not something they're going to have taught in medical school. Yes, you're going to have a seminar. Yes, you're going to have uh, certified education units in psychedelics. Of course, they're going to be out there because that is the trend. Is this a trend? I don't think so. I think this is more of a direction. And it always has been. It's just that the medical community has laid out a lot of, of uh, uh, debunking of psychedelics. But all of a sudden, nowadays, now that the hippies are coming around to be old farts, uh, guess what? It's becoming something that they have used over the years. They've known that it is effective over the years. And they're finally bringing it to scientific light that human beings can actually safely have these experiences and actually breakthrough and have uh, uh, life-changing moments through psychedelics that our ego will not allow us to have. You know, I'm really concerned about the ways in which the, the meaning uh, of uh, well-meaning therapists doing harm. That is what is happening out there. Currently, there are a lot of therapists experimenting down this path. And they have attended tons of seminars. They've done lots of great things out there. And that is great. And that some of them are doing this an enormously safe job in doing that. But you want to be very careful if you're going to find a therapist that does this, that to make sure that they're experienced, make sure that they understand, and make sure they also have medical concerns about this, and also making sure that your information is safe that the HIPAA laws are intact 
during these experiences. So choosing a therapist in most countries, you know, in many countries like Mexico and other places, uh, third world countries, this kind of experience is very common. This kind of experience is not regulated. This kind of experience is everyday business for many of these people in these countries. And there's also underground options. Uh, you know, some professional therapists, uh, others by amateurs offer these experiences underground in the United States. But before you take a drug, the clinician should meet with you for several hours over a few days to explain what the treatment will entail, especially regarding the drug's physical and psychological effects. They should ask about your history, your symptoms, your medical background, your sensitivities, your goals, your traumatic background, what your intentions are for treatment, what your goals are for treatment, how you've ever responded to a psychedelic experience in the past, what other drugs have you taken in the past, what have you experienced, what have you done drug-wise as far as uh, uh, painkillers, alcohol, what were those experiences like, because they may play into exactly how you're going to respond to a psychedelic experience. So where can you do this? Well, Oregon, of course, is like the craziest place on earth, but it would be remiss to start the conversation any place in Oregon because the first state to legalize psilobin, cyclobin, uh, 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 sorry, as assisted therapy back in 2020. And since this piece of legislation that Oregon has done by modifying some of the barriers and restrictions surrounding psilocybin uh, 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 as uh, services, uh, January of uh, 2022, the state lawmakers initiated a task force to investigate and recommend best practices for addressing equity and access issues within the current novel model. So what that really means is the transies and all those people are obviously going down that path too, and they want to jump on that bandwagon and make sure there's regulations to protect them and all their needs. Also, California, Oakland, and Santa Cruz both unanimously passed because they're probably all drug people from the 60s and the 70s in their city councils. They decriminalized uh, personal possession, use of psychedelics in 2019, 2020, respectively. Uh, Arcata, California passed a dis uh, decriminalization legislature in 2021. Uh, this also welcomed San Francisco as the newest city on the list of taking these kind of medications. Uh, psychedelic experiences. Also, Colorado, Denver, Colorado. Are you surprised? You know, it was famously the first American city to decriminalize personal possession and use of uh, psilocybin uh, in 2019. And uh, Colorado passed the Proposition 122, making it the second U.S. state to legalize medical use of psychedelics uh, in healing centers. So you want to look out for healing centers because they may have the drugs you want to do to take and have a psychedelic therapeutic experience. Michigan is also on the rise. Ann Arbor, Michigan, surprise, surprise, decriminalized the personal use and possession and cultivation of psycho uh, psychedelics and it's been expanded uh, to Ann Arbor's uh, uh, county, which is uh, Washington or whatever county. It's an Indian name. And uh, Detroit is another big city that effectively decriminalized personal use and possession of psychedelic plants and fungi shrooms in 2021. And so... It's on the rise. Massachusetts, Cambridge, Massachusetts, one of the first cities to uh, 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 let people use psychoactive plant substances like shrooms in 2021. Washington State, Port Townsend in Seattle, of course, unanimously, which is where I live, Seattle, unanimously decriminalized uh, plants and fungi. So there's a current uh, uh, resolution to decriminalize natural psychedelic medicine on a state legislature level. Are we surprised? No, because people are batshit crazy here. Also, Washington, D.C., uh, psychedelic shrooms have been decriminalized in Washington, D.C. Are you surprised? And guess where else it's going to happen? Chicago, of course. 
So let's take a moment to insert a quick reminder that decriminalization is not the same as legalization. Current activism efforts by scientists and government officials are focused on legalizing uh, 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 psilocybin mushrooms for medical use and state and federal levels. You know, and so this is expanding and it's going to go across the whole country, uh, even the conservative parts of this country. You know, as the world becomes more accepting of the therapeutic medical uses of psychedelics, a new generation of enthusiasms, uh, enthusiasts are emerging. Guess who those are? Millennials and Gen Zers. And they're openly and actively working in the psychedelic field, breaking away from the stigma and the perception and the prosecution of older counterparts and older people. And so there's a new movement in that. Then there's all these old people that are loving it because they've always wanted to do it, been afraid to do it. And now they're old and they're close to death. They figure, why not? I'm going to give it a shot and see what I missed out on in this life. So a lot of people are breaking through this crap. You know, the younger generations, it is a natural inclination towards technology and the ability to quickly adapt to new innovations. And that is why they're jumping all over the bandwagon of psychedelic therapy. Pretty soon, it is going to be the normal modality generationally when those generations actually completely take over our lives as they exist. As we embark on a fascinating uh, a shift, we must not overlook the opportunity to explore changes in the perspectives of the millennials and the Gen Zers when it comes to these forbidden things, because they are using technology to make it safer for people to experience these things. And patients who've used psychedelics describe a range of acute reactions, both positive and negative. They've uh, heightened perceptions, elevated moods, but then they also have panic attacks sometimes. They have fright, disconnection from their sense of self, uh, mystical experiences that sometimes can be scary. You know, hallucinations can take you down all kinds of crazy roads, seeing kaleidoscopic color swirls, feeling literally connected with nature and, and, and talking with deceased loved people, you know, people that you've loved in, in, in your life. So these kind of experiences are experiences that people have had. So breaking that blood brain barrier is going to create hallucinations and experiences that are going to drive your brain beyond what it normally comprehends. Surprise, surprise. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back and talk more about the experience, but we're also going to talk about how your mind uses these experiences and how it can affect you therapeutically. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Stuck in a state of being that holds us back from creating the life we truly desire. Regardless of your own blocks or limitations, imagine an easier way to get unstuck and move forward with your life. On this show, Jason Hopkins shares his practical next right step approach that will move you toward the life you really want. You too can be steps from getting the abundance, love, support, and fulfillment your heart desires. Get unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 
That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about the psychedelic therapy, which is uh, tripping and healing is what I've called it. But, you know, it's it's really it's something that we all have to understand that these kind of experiences from a therapeutic perspective can come in all kinds of different ingredients. Some people will experience a calm jungle or laying on the beach and feeling the breeze. Some people will feel peaceful and, and that they can uh, completely imagine things in their life that they never imagined before, experience things in all of their sensory perceptions, smell, taste, touch, all of it, hearing, vision, all of it, where it all is encompassed into the experience and, and they get overwhelmed by that. And it's almost like... Um, uh, the brain is experiencing something that it, 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 the areas of the brain are communicating with each other that haven't communicated with each, with each other before. You know, however the drugs work, a lot of research is, is in the impact, you know, not only from the drugs, but the impact in a lost, uh, lasting experience. And the lasting experience has to come through memory. And that means that our memory has to be tapped into and it has to store that information. So overdosing on psychedelics is not going to cause a therapeutic experience because you're not going to remember anything. And if you do, it's going to be very warped. And so what's important is that you are able to dose in a microdose in a way that that therapeutic experience can be guided and can give you the kind of enlightenment that you're looking for. The idea is that the psychedelic is enhancing the effect and synergizing with the psychotherapy. It's not that it is becoming the psychotherapy. If you give uh, cognitive behavioral therapy uh, uh, with some plasticity that is enhanced from a psychedelic experience, then perhaps that would enhance the effectiveness of the therapy and lead a person into a much greater insight into the problems and issues and quandaries and relationships in their life that are causing problems. It gives new insight, and that is the goal, to try to give people a new way of viewing things in a more heightened, wise way that they may not have had before. People undergoing these kind of therapies typically are monitored before, during, and after their treatment. Some have reported distressing experiences while on the drugs in all the research that I've read, including paranoia, fear, severe anxiety. You know, others who have used psychedelics without medical supervision and reported more severe emotional disturbances afterwards, like mania and depression. Well, that's not a good thing. That's why there needs to be a, a, a monitor. That's why there needs to be uh, uh, ethics and medical involved in this kind of work. Those risks are among the reasons that psychedelic therapy is as in conducted in trials is a resource intensive in terms of time and trained staff. You want it to be safe. You know, it's one thing to practice this kind of therapy without the medical understanding. If you don't have the medical understanding, there is a high risk that something medical could happen, especially when you're dealing with people's blood pressure and uh, people's uh, cholesterol and, you know, people that are on statins and all kinds of crazy stuff that affects their blood and the thinning of their blood. It's important to understand that that's going to affect how the psychedelic experience goes. You know, if you're somebody that's had a heart attack, you're probably not a good candidate for something like a psychedelic therapy. If you've had cancer, not a good idea. If you've had addictions, maybe if you're an alcoholic, because it may help you. Maybe if you've had painkillers, it might help you. I'm not sure. There's still a lot of research around whether or not that is effective. However, with PTSD, it has been very effective in normalizing those experiences and understanding that those traumatic experiences are a part of life, not the way of life. Psychedelics cross the blood-brain barrier. 
either directly like LSD or indirectly, uh, in, indirectly like uh, uh, psilocin. And so convertive active uh, metabolite of, of psilocin and, and psychedelic component of the magic shrooms that comes with that, once inside the brain, the drug targets serotonin receptors, which is what dopamine goes for. So dopamine is like a sticky highway. It builds uh, uh, highways in our brain out of the amygdala, which is our emotional center of the brain, and it moves it to the prefrontal cortex. So it builds highways instead of back roads to the prefrontal cortex, which is what makes us human. That's our executive functioning. And so if you have more dopamine, you have more logic control of your life. That means you are going to be less reactive and, and, uh, and more resourceful as far as your decisions. You're going to be responsive in your decisions because you have more pathways to your logic. And so the serotonin are the vehicles that you need to ride across that dopamine to keep that sip, uh, sticky substance, uh, keeping those highways secure. And so it's very important for us to have the serotonin that it takes to keep the dopamine highways, pathways that the neurons are grabbing onto uh, the dopamine to build those highways. It's very important to have both of those ingredients. You know, like a tree given a miracle food that spurs rapid branch growth, neurons, which are brain cells, supply with psychedelic boost, sprout a bunch of little dendrites, little branches resulting in branch-like network allows for novel connections that we may never see. So suddenly a fruit tree that maybe has 10 or 12 apples turns into an orchard of a tree uh, producing hundreds of apples, hundreds of thousands of apples. And so that's what we want to happen when our brain, a new formation of synapses between the neurons and the in vitro uh, experience of having those neurons go down highways and open up communication in our brain. The the um, the increase of synapses that happens in our contacts in our brains because of a psychedelic experience expands the muscle in our brain, expands the capacity of our brain to experience more than what our ego will allow us in this life. And so I know this is a lot of talk, but it, what we want to do with psychedelic therapy is open new doors. And so opening these doors is a very important experience because it gives our brain the chance to break out and to have a mystical-like experience where our body is not tied to it. Our body is left behind. Our body is functioning just fine, but our brain is letting go of our spirit and our spirit is now experiencing life as if we as a body and a brain are not attached to it. That is what near-death experiences do. And that's exactly the kind of experiences that those people have having their mind leave their brain. And so that is a very important ingredient with psychedelic therapy. Also, low doses and long-lasting potential of psychedelic drugs and their derivatives is one of the most exciting features of psychedelic therapy. So how long is this kind of a, 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 an activity? Generally, it's somewhere between three to five hours. That is when a psychedelic experience is most active, up to three to five hours. And that is what we want it to be from a therapeutic experience because you're going to wear the brain out if you keep going farther and farther farther down the line so uh you know selective serotonin uptake inhibitors which is prescribed for depression also target your serotonin receptors and and it's almost like just like what the ssris does except for that affects more capacity of the brain and more areas of the brain than an antidepressant so you know, the idea is that we want to create more synapses in the brain and have a more mystical experience that expounds the brain's perception of life. It expounds our ability to see and connect with other people in a more spiritual way, deepens our, our need to attach to each other and understand that we all uh, interact with each other. Our lives are all connected. And that is what happens from a spiritual basis, is the connection of our life to others. 
the major downside of, of psychedelics is that they have this hallucinogenic properties that they come with a certain amount of liability, like trauma can be experienced in these experiences. And if you experience trauma, which is a scary experience where you are out of control and your life is vulnerable, and it's all about what you're experiencing, the hallucination, those traumatic experiences can also have a negative effect on you. So that may not be the angle that you want to go down. Once again, what it has to do with the ability of the person that is treating you to actually screen you properly for this experience. If you've had a lot of trauma in your life and you're a negative thinker catastrophizing everything in your life, there's a possibility your brain is going to want to control the psychedelic experience and there's a possibility that it's not going to be a good experience because you're not going to let go. You want to guide everything in your own brain instead of let your brain free flow for a little while. The drugs that are chemically altered to eliminate hallucinations uh, also could potentially be prescribed for outpatient use. And so that's like an antidepressant. An antidepressant is going to help highways get built. That's what it does. It makes more highways to your prefrontal cortex, to your logic, that gives you the ability to overpower your emotional need to do what you feel rather than what you think. You know, a lot of people are excited about the psychedelic therapy. There are tons and tons and tons of seminars and communities and people that are just going into this left and right. Politicians are supporting it. There's all kinds of people out there that are wanting to know more about this kind of therapy in a guided, safe experience. And I think that is rational, and I think that is a wonderful thing to happen. We need to experience something that heals us in our brain. Our brains are intangible. You can't see them, but they have tangible issues inside them, and they create tangible issues in this life and intangible uh, issues in our relationships. And how our brain contacts this life and is in contact with the people in this life and the objects in this life and the things in this life and what we do in this life, our life is about meaning. And what we want in a psychedelic experience is to create more meaning in our relationships, in our life, in our interactions, in how we treat each other and how we interact with each other. And that is what the psychedelic experience offers us, a chance to break through and get out of our bubble and actually go into life and see things from a different perspective and understand things from different sensory perceptions than our brain would normally allow us to have. That is clearly where we all need to go as a society, as a people. But it needs to be medically controlled. It needs to be something that is not going to deteriorate your health. It's not going to create a heart attack. It's not going to exacerbate a cancer. It's not going to exacerbate other experiences. Many of these medications and things that are being used, these drugs, uh, are not creating those experiences, are not creating a person having a heart attack and dying. There's a high, very, very, very low percent comparative to somebody who smokes or drinks or takes uh, pain medications for them to have a, a, a life-threatening experience. There's a lot less people taking the, the psychedelics having medical experiences than the people that are living a suicidal life. All right, that's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I love hearing from you. You could do that on our webpage at voiceofamerica.com, the empowerment and the health and wellness channels, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, some believe taking psychedelics is like swallowing a psychologist. Also, strippers were changed to exotic dancers. Now drug dealers and psychedelic therapists are called exotic pharmacists. Also, from most our bed is our drug dealer, and our alarm clock is a police. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 